The Jets make some news about the job status of key members of the coaching staff. I wouldn't say the news is surprising, but I would say it's disappointing. We'll get into it today on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Tuesday, January 9th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thanking you so much for making the show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so you'll get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, please give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps us out and helps other Jets fans find the show. This episode is brought to you by PrizePix, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepix.com slash NFL and use code all lowercase NFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Well, the Jets had their clean-out day on Monday, and there was some news broken, particularly about the coaching staff. We're going to talk about it on today's episode, and the news is not surprising. And Woody Johnson actually broke some pretty big news right before the Jets' Week 16 game against the Washington Commanders, where he all but ruled out firing Robert Sala and Joe Douglas. And based on what the team had been saying and what the team had been telling the media, it did not sound like there were going to be many major changes to the coaching staff. Well, that was confirmed. First, it was confirmed by a couple of uh, reports by beat writers in the morning. Zach Rosenblatt of The Athletic wrote that the Jets are expected to make some changes, but nothing significant. All three coordinators, Hackett, Ulbrich, Boyer, will return. And then Connor Hughes of SNY reported, the Jets are bringing back offensive line coach Keith Carter. He was a priority addition for Robert Sala this past offseason. Change there, never considered. Todd Downing will also return. So there's a lot to unpack there. Now, I don't think there are many Jets fans who would object to Jeff Albrecht and Brant Boyer coming back. Jeff Albrecht, of course, being the defensive coordinator and uh, Brant Boyer being the special teams coordinator. Two good coaches, two, two of the three units, which did their jobs pretty well this past season. I mean, some hiccups for the defense late in the season, a couple of rough special teams games mixed in there. But for the most part, those were two pretty solid units. On the offensive side of the ball, though, the Jets are not making any significant changes, it sounds. And that's difficult to square with what we saw this season. You know, this was a completely inept offense. I mean, you, I could go through this, these statistics. I don't think you need them. You watch this team play all season long. Now, first of all, Nathaniel Hackett should not be back. That should not even be a consideration. And I think we know the reason that Hackett's coming back is the team's afraid. It's not even like, I don't even know that Aaron Rodgers has made any demands. The team's afraid of like going to Aaron Rodgers and saying, we're making a move. And this is the thing that drives me crazy. And you know, all offseason, I, I was upset about it last year. You know, I wasn't against the idea of trading for Aaron Rodgers in theory, but the way the Jets did it was just so, just seems really backwards to me in many ways. And it continues into this offseason because we're one day into the offseason. And the idea that Nathaniel Hackett's back, it's, it seems like it's just because the Jets are afraid that they don't, they're afraid of Aaron Rodgers is going to react negatively to it. And, you know, you can't run your team this way. You know, Aaron Rodgers can be an asset for this team going forward. But if the price of Aaron Rodgers is that you have to keep Hackett around and you have to, you know, last year you had to bring in Lazard, you have to bring in Randall Cobb, suddenly, you know, these things start to add up. It's not as efficient. And, one of the things that comes to mind for me is this is actually pretty consistent with the way the Jets run their operation because 
they just try and like either paper over problems or pretend they don't exist. Because it sounds like what the Jets' strategy is going into next season is, well, Rodgers will be back, so Hackett won't be a problem. Hackett makes Rodgers happy, and Hackett will Hackett will become irrelevant because Rodgers will just see things at the line and change plays. And while that's true to a certain extent, why do why does like having Aaron Rodgers and having a good offensive coordinator, a good system, why do these two things need to be mutually exclusive? Can't you have both? I mean, Aaron Rodgers has said the system works. I won the MVP in it. Well, any system can work if you have great players. But this is not a system that maximizes talent. I think we saw that this year when Aaron Rodgers is not in there. And the Jets used a really lame excuse for it. said this system was designed for Aaron Rodgers. Well, guess what? You can change a system. You can make a system more conducive to a young quarterback succeeding. But the Jets didn't do that because Tackett can't do it. I mean, late in the season, the past couple of days, prior to the game against the New England Patriots, Hackett commented about, you know, well, we don't want to use motion that much because there has to be a point to it. Well, you got to figure out ways to utilize motion, Nathaniel. Just uh, Hackett, shouldn't, Hackett being back should not even be a consideration. And quite frankly, I don't even see why Robert Sala deserves to come back. This is three straight seasons he's missed the playoffs. It's very rare for a coach in the NFL to miss the playoffs three straight seasons and keep his job. And I'm not going to act like Robert Sala is the worst coach in the NFL. I'm not going to act like he's the worst coach I've ever seen on the Jets, but he's certainly not very good. And yet his job is safe. And again, like I go back to this Rodgers stuff, it's almost like the Jets are afraid to upset Aaron Rodgers. And it's not even, I'm not even convinced like Aaron Rodgers has made any demands on them. It's like they're afraid of how he's, it's almost like they're afraid to go to him and even like approach this, the topic because they don't know how he's going to react. You know, at, at some point you, you have to address problems. If you don't address problems, they're not going to go away. But this has been a consistent theme of the Woody Johnson ownership tenure. And it continues, and, you know, unless the Jets start changing this, they're making life much more difficult on themselves. Because we saw this year the, the problems with Nathaniel Hackett as your offensive coordinator. Aaron Rodgers could get hurt. And, you know, like you could find another coach who meshes with Aaron Rodgers, somebody with more modern schemes on offense. But let's get past this for a second, because I want to go to Keith Carter. Because, you know what, even if I gave the Jets the benefit of the, of the doubt on this, which they do, I don't think they really deserve. But let's just say, okay, fine. We don't want to upset Rodgers. He's coming back. Fair enough. I don't think Aaron Rodgers cares if Keith Carter is the offensive line coach. And the way, again, Connor Hughes of SNY phrases this, he was a priority addition for Robert Sala this past offseason. Change there was never considered. I mean, did you watch this offensive line this year? What player played above his career, uh, his normal career output? Nobody. You had multiple guys play below their career output. Uh, Connor McGovern was having a bad season. Lakin Tomlinson's been bad. You know, he's been he was bad last year too. But I mean, Mackay Becton, you, was Mackay Becton anywhere near the player he was as a rookie? And of course, this isn't all on the coaching staff. But you can't like sit there and tell me like this this coaching staff has nothing to do with it. I mean, did you watch that 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 offensive line mess up basic assignment time after time after time? And again, it wasn't just yeah. I understand they were shuffling guys in and out. I understand they had to play with a lot of backups. But I see plenty of teams play with a lot of backups and not mess up the offensive, not mess up basic assignments like that over and over. It's not like Carter came to this team highly recommended. It's not like Carter came to this team off a successful performance. He was fired by Tennessee, which had one of the worst offensive lines in the league last year. So the fact that like Salah looked at the season, you know, he looked at the film as he always says after games. And he concluded, we don't need to make any changes on the coaching staff on the offensive line. Again, a spot that Keith Carter's not here because of Aaron Rodgers. We we could go on about you know whether the Jets should maybe be a little bit tougher on Aaron Rodgers, whether how much sway they should give Aaron Rodgers. This has nothing to do with Aaron Rodgers. This is just the Jets denying that the problem exists, and it's kind of a microcosm of some of the issues you see within the organization. The problem with the Jets is that you know this is not a situation 
in the NFL where you can just neglect problems and they go away. Yeah, you can like you can claim through the offseason, oh, things are gonna be so much better this year. You can hype your team up, but eventually September comes. Eventually the problems that are there become obvious to everybody. And when you don't fix a problem, things get worse. And the Jets, you know, look, the coaching staff is not the only issue with this team, but it's been an issue, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, let me put it this way. Last year's coaching staff got fired for a heck of a lot less than this. Wouldn't you agree? Would you say the Jets' offense was better in 2022 than it was in 2023? Well, remember, the offensive coordinator and offensive line coach got fired that year. So why not this year? What's Were you really in Roberts Hollow? Were you really impressed by what you saw this year? I, I baffled by this. And it's another example of why Robert Sal is showing himself to not be much of a head coach in this league. Now, head you're on the Lockdown Jets podcast. We're going to turn our attention to a very important job on the on the Jets. It's a job they hope won't have as much prominence this year, next year as it did this year. And it's a it's a job where there's probably going to be a new person in the role. And we'll discuss that in more detail as we continue on this Tuesday edition of the Lockdown Jets podcast. This episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL regular season has now wrapped up. Now all eyes are on the playoffs. And there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get 150 bucks in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. And look, the Jets are not playing this weekend. That stinks. 13th straight year, no playoffs. But also means you know the playoffs will be relatively stress-free viewing. And sometimes you don't want to put money down against the Jets. Well, now you can place a again a five-line bet, get $150 in bonus bets. The app is easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays. You can find bets in the new Explore tab, and you can make a parlay in the Parlay Hub. It's the best way to find popular parlays. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen or first watch every day. And a big shout out to you every day, or as this is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. We have new episodes each day through the week, Monday through Friday. Today we're talking about the first day of the Jets offseason, and the topic of backup quarterback has come up over the last couple of days. It's a very important position on your football team, and it's it's a kind of a difficult position to gauge because it's a spot you hope never actually makes an impact on your team. You always want your starting quarterback to be in the lineup, but of course there are years where your backup quarterback plays a very prominent role. So you kind of like have to find the balance. How much do you invest in the position that you hope you never have to use that you may never have to use, but if you have to use it, it's really significant. And the Jets found out that out once again, the hard way this season when Aaron Rodgers went down four plays into the season, suffered a season ending Achilles injury. There's been talk and there were reports, Diana Rossini of the athletic, uh, over the weekend reported that the Jets are expected to trade Zach Wilson this offseason. And it was kind of a follow-up to a report she had before the Houston game. You may remember that week she mentioned that uh, Zach Wilson had some reluctance going back into the starting lineup. And I think in the context of the Jets, you know, being ready to trade him, it kind of makes that report add up a little bit more. It makes it much more logical why Zach Wilson would have hesitation. This team's pretty much telling you we're, we're sending you elsewhere. So if you're Zach Wilson, would you really want to continue playing for the Jets? I think that's that's a pretty uh, pretty clear question to answer. So, and I, I you know, I, I look at this from a football standpoint. I think from a football standpoint, I, I say this all the time. I think it makes sense to use one of your 53 roster spots on a developmental quarterback. And usually that's like a late round pick. Sometimes it's like a mid round pick. It's a guy you don't expect to ever, ever amount to anything. And the odds are always against these, these players turning into quality quarterbacks. But if you hit on it, even if you find a quality backup quarterback, it's really good for your team. 
business. And I feel like from a football sense, there's still logic in keeping Zach Wilson around and trying to develop him further. Here's the thing, though. I feel like for Zach Wilson, the best thing for him is just to get out of New York. The situation's just turned too toxic. It's He's pretty much just like, he's such a loaded topic these days when anything happens around the Jets. And, you know, the Jets did him no favors this year. The first two years, uh, Zach Wilson failed quite a bit. You know, I was really hard on Zach those in, in his rookie season and his second season. You know, last year he was benched a couple of times. This year, I felt like you know, he wasn't great, but I feel like he was a better quarterback than the numbers would suggest. If you looked at the statistics, you would not have seen much of an improvement. I actually do think he was a bit of a better quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback. I don't think he's a starting caliber quarterback yet, but there was a good trajectory. The problem was the pieces around him were just so bad. Again, I go back to the coaching staff, uh, you know, quite awful offensive coordinator job by uh, by Nathaniel Hackett this season, but the pieces around it were just really bad. Again, Keith Carter's offensive line was horrific. Pretty much only good two good pieces on this offense, Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson, who you know, pretty unhappy if you heard what he had to say yesterday. And, you know, but Zach got blamed for everything, even though, you know, a lot of it wasn't his fault. Zach took all the blame, and once again, it turns into an ugly situation. For his sake, I feel like he just needs a fresh start. Get him out of here for his own sake. You know, do him a solid, trade him. You probably will only get a, a day three pick in return. But I think Zach Wilson just like it's just show do the right thing by him and send him elsewhere. And you know, maybe he'll go on to have success. Maybe he'll have like a Geno Smith type turnaround somewhere down the line. Now, Joe Douglas addressed the media on uh, Monday, and I didn't think that he really said any much of significance. I mean made a really odd comment where he referred to Dalvin Cook as an insurance policy. As I said, we, we brought him in more or less that, because just in case Brees wasn't healthy, it was a good insurance policy to have. I mean, I don't know what uh, what Dalvin Cook, uh, Joe Douglas was watching. Dalvin Cook was a terrible signing. You know, at the time, maybe that's what you were thinking, but it certainly did not pan out for your team. But uh, another thing Joe Douglas said, and he, you, Douglas is very hesitant, and any general manager this time of year is not really going to give you a whole lot. He talked about, he kind of mentioned that the Jets are very likely to sign a veteran backup quarterback. And listen, by all means, the Jets should look to upgrade the backup quarterback spot. I don't think Zach Wilson was the right guy to bring back this season, in part because the Jets themselves admitted he needed a break. And putting him one snap away from stepping back into the starting lineup, well, if your idea was to develop Zach Wilson, that was a really bad move. But beyond that, there are better options out there. Now, I think I feel like at any given point in the NFL, there's maybe like five to eight teams that actually have a quality backup who you can you can really trust to win games with. And there are a couple who will be available this offseason. Uh, Jacoby Brissett should be available. Gardner Minshew should be available. So, you know, I don't have a problem if the Jets want to spend big at the backup quarterback spot because, again, this year we saw how important it is. Now, I don't think they should spend big on just some any veteran out there just for the sake of having a veteran quarterback. And sometimes teams fall into this trap where – they just sign a guy for the sake of saying they signed a guy. And they look at like some biographical uh, aspect of his career, like, oh, he started this many games, or he was a, he was this, he was drafted here, or something like that. And they act like that makes him a good backup quarterback. Again, there are like five to eight guys who are actually good backup quarterbacks. But another key point, though, is it's not going to matter who they sign because any backup quarterback is on some level only going to be as good as the pieces around him. Now, I think, again, guys like Brissett and Minshew are maybe a, a, a level above your typical backup. But if you don't improve the offensive line, you don't improve the wide receiver position, it's not going to do a whole lot for your team. I mean, look at what Joe Flacco has done with the Cleveland Browns. You and I watched Flacco last year. You and I watched Flacco two years ago. We watched him three years ago. Did you think Flacco was done? Of course you did. He was in an awful situation with the Jets. You know, they didn't have a great offensive line around him. You know, he didn't have quality, enough quality receivers. Now look at him in Cleveland. They're protecting him. You know, they have good they have good pieces around him. Of course he's succeeding. He's a professional. He knows how to read a defense. 
He knows where the ball needs to go. With the Jets, they didn't put the pieces around him. So any backup's going to struggle when you don't put the pieces around him. So, you know, look, the Jets are going to, I feel like the Jets are going to sign a backup this offseason and act like this is the solution to the problem. And that's fine. And listen, there could be an upgrade over Zach Wilson. There should be an upgrade over Zach Wilson. And I felt the Jets made a mistake last year not looking for a better backup. But I also think that the narrative that the Jets only missed the playoffs this year because they didn't get a better backup was wrong. Because I think no matter who they got last offseason, whether it was Brissett, whether it was Minshew, you know, any of the top backups, they would have struggled in this infrastructure. And I don't think the Jets would have made the playoffs. This was not a team that was built well enough for a backup quarterback to have the type of success he need to have for this team to make the playoffs. So, you know, the, the, there are no shortcuts to this thing. The offense needs to be improved. It needs to be improved for Rodgers because Rodgers is 40 and he's coming off a serious injury. You need to you need to make sure he doesn't need to like do it all. He doesn't need to be Superman. Now, Rodgers, they're going to put a lot of Rodgers' plate. Rodgers is going to have to be very good next year. You got to help him out, though. That goes double for any backup quarterback, though. If Rodgers goes down again next year, I don't care who you sign as the backup quarterback. If the pieces around him are not better, you know, it's not going to work. Now, here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we'll turn we'll keep our attention on the offensive side of the ball. There's a key player on the Jets who gave us a little bit of an update on his status, and Robert Sala gave us a little bit of an update on the team's thinking of how they're going to bring this player a- around. We'll talk about Elijah Vera Tucker continuing this Tuesday edition of Locked on Jets. This episode of Locked on Jets is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. You pick more or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. And with basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball in the specials league. This is a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. For example, you can have LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. And if you want to play alongside some of Prize Picks' favorite players like rapper Meek Hill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can now find the community plays under the promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community each week. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL and use code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match of up to $100. Again, that's using PrizePicks. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Tuesday. We're talking about the Jets closing out their locker room yesterday. Lots of Jets spoke to the media. CJ Mosley, my man, saying the Jets need to bring back Bryce Huff hoping Bryce Huff will be back. So good good job by C.J. Mosley out there. Some interesting stuff com- coming out about Elijah Vera Tucker, though. And, of course, Elijah Vera Tucker, a first-round pick in 2021, a solid rookie season, having a good second season uh, in 2022, actually moving between uh, guard and tackle, and then suffers a season-ending injury in an October game in Denver, comes back in 2023, again having a good season between moving between guard and tackle, and suffers, once again, a season-ending injury in October in a game in Denver. Uh, Vera Tucker gave some updates on his status and, you know, I don't want to panic yet. It's January, but he gave, you know, the update he gave was not particular, not really what you want to hear. He said that he hasn't really heard from the doctors yet about his availability week one next season as he comes off an Achilles injury. You know, those Achilles injuries for the Jets, uh, it was a rough season for them. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers suffered one. Al Woods, a pretty decent uh, nose tackle, suffered one as well. So Jets are certainly hoping Vera Tucker's going to be back because this offensive line was a mess this year. And he's a guy who at least provides some degree of stability uh, up front. Robert Sala also said something interesting. He talked about the way the Jets have moved Vera Tucker around, and part of it's been out of necessity the last two years because injuries have forced them to kind of swing him between tackle and guard. 
In fact, in Vera Tucker's brief career, in three years, he's actually played four of the five positions on the offensive line for the Jets. His rookie year, he was left guard. And then the Jets signed Lakin Tomlinson, a veteran guy who had played most of his career at left guard. So they didn't want to mess with that. They moved Vera Tucker to right guard at the start of last season. Vera Tucker eventually, because of injuries, moved out to left tackle for a game and then swung out to right tackle. This year, he started at right tackle, then swung out to right. Uh, I'm sorry, started at right guard, then swung out to right tackle again because of injuries. Uh, and Salah said, suggested that the different techniques, you know, the different uh, different aspects of playing these positions, they Jets start Jets feel like they may have contributed to his injury. So the Jets have Salah indicated they're just going to pick one position for ABT next season, and they're just going to stick with it. And that might be the best thing for him. I don't want to overstate how significant it is to move between one spot and another because lots of young offensive linemen, lots of offensive linemen move between one spot and another. In fact, odds are any backup offensive lineman you have will play multiple spots because you typically cannot dedicate 10 roster spots to an offensive lineman. It happens occasionally, but generally speaking, it's too many spots on your roster to dedicate to offensive linemen. So if you only have, you know, if you have less than 10 offensive linemen, that means you can't have two guys for each spot. That means somebody's got to, at least one guy's got to double up and play, be able to play multiple positions. And odds are more than odds are a lot of guys can play multiple positions on your team. The question though, is do they play him a guard or tackle? And I think there are arguments to be made for either case. The argument for tackle is that it's simply easier to find a guard than it is a tackle. So if Vera Tucker can play one of the two, he's probably going to be more valuable for you at tackle because, again, you can replace him at guard. It's going to be tough for the Jets this offseason, especially if you looked at the free agent class. The draft class is actually pretty decent at tackle, at least in the early part of the draft. The free agent class, though, is not very good. And the Jets need two tackles because Mekhi Becton's probably not coming back and Dwayne Brown's probably not coming back. I don't think they bring either of these guys back, but I don't think either of them should be back next season. That's the argument for playing him at tackle. The argument for playing him at guard is, first of all, when the Jets drafted him, they thought he'd be better at guard. Now, the counter to that is, you know, sometimes you misevaluate a player. Sometimes you underestimate what he can do. And again, there's more value at tackle. But the Jets did think he'd be better at guard. And part of that is, you know, he doesn't have very long arms. And you want, generally speaking, and it's not always the case, there are uh, tackles with shorter arms who do succeed in this league generally you want guys with longer arms because they can reach out and make initial contact without leaning and when you lean as an offensive lineman you get yourself into trouble because you don't have your you don't have like a, a firm base of pow power and it's much easier for pass rushers to kind of shed your blocks and throw you around and with vera tucker i think the other aspect of this is if you have shorter arms generally you need to depend more on athleticism or strength and Vera Tucker is coming off an Achilles injury. Now, the success rate, you know, if you look into this, the success rate of, of linemen coming off Achilles injuries and recovering is pretty high. You know, I think that there's reason to believe Elijah Vera Tucker is going to come back and have success. In fact, I'll take it a step further. I know he suffered two straight injuries, season-ending injuries, but this isn't, I don't think this is exactly like Mekhi Becton. You know, Mekhi Becton suffered two knee injuries. You knew maybe he'd never be the same. Maybe this would be a chronic thing. Vera Tucker suffered two injuries that, you know, are kind of freak occurrences that aren't necessarily susceptible to re-injury, especially if you wait long enough to come back. I think the odds are still pretty high. Vera Tucker has a successful career for the Jets. And I I know he's, he's quote-unquote injury-prone, but these injuries haven't really panicked me yet in the way maybe Mekhi Becton's two injuries did. But, you know, there is a possibility, especially next year, he's not going to have quite as much athleticism. And that means you might want him inside. It may, may mean you don't, you don't want him protecting the edge. So I probably would lean more towards playing it safe and keeping him on the inside of the guard position. I'm not sure whether the Jets will have a choice, but it does sound like the Jets are planning on just giving AVT one position and going from there. 
And, you know, after the way he's been moved around the last couple of years, I'm not sure I can argue with that. Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you like the show and are listening on the podcast, of course, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube and enjoy the show, give this episode a big thumbs up. Helps us out. Helps other Jets fans find the podcast. Hope you have a great Tuesday, everybody. Send in your mailbag questions tomorrow. We're going to have our weekly Wednesday mailbag show. Can't wait to answer them.